low win rates, excessive discounting, challenging negotiations. Welcome to the Sales Readiness Podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Sales Readiness Group. We're an industry-leading sales training company that helps businesses develop highly effective sales organizations. This podcast is about one question, how to transform your team into big performers. If you want the answer, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit salesreadinessgroup.com slash podcast. Hi, this is your host Alonso, and I'm here with Ray Makla. How are you, Ray? I'm doing well. Thanks, Alonzo. Great to be here. Yes, and for the ones that who don't know you and have not heard of your name, Ray is the CEO of Sales Readiness Group. He has over 25 years of sales and leadership experience, which is why I'm excited to talk with him today about this topic. I don't know if you knew that, but roughly 40% of sales deals end in no decisions. Various studies have backed up this statistic, which is the one, the statistic that inspired us to talk about this today. And obviously you can always verify it by conducting a win-loss analysis and see what's your situation. But this is probably around there. It's a shocking number that, you know, which, that led us here to talk about the importance of selling against the status quo and the role of the cost of inaction in the sales process in this episode. So with that, we're gonna explore the challenges and benefits of this approach, provide strategies and techniques for overcoming objections and persuading customers to take action. So if you're a sales professional or sales leader uh, looking to bo boost uh, your sales results and build long-term customer relationships, you would definitely wanna stay tuned here. Uh, Ray, with that, I wanna start talking about this topic by, by establishing a, you know, a brief definition of the concept of selling against the status quo, what does that mean to you? Yeah, well, thanks, Alonzo. And I think it is a really important topic to explore because as you mentioned, if it's 40% of deals end up being lost to the status quo or essentially they do nothing, that means that a typical sales professional is wasting 40% of their sales effort. They're chasing deals that frankly aren't compelling enough or they haven't created enough urgency, enough of the realization of that business problem to solve it. And so at the end of the day, they end up accepting the status quo. They end up doing nothing and maintaining, you know, things the way that they are. And I think that we should really dive into that and understand those deals that may have a tendency to end in a do nothing or maintaining the status quo. And also, as we'll talk about, you know, what can we do to get past that? And so, you know, and if we're looking at a competitive analysis, as you said, we should really understand which of our deals are we losing to our co competitors, you know, and why are we losing those and which are we losing to the deal, not going through, not going anywhere. And how do we get ahead of those in the future? Yeah. And I, and I wonder how this is going to play out, especially this year, some companies get a little more conservative about their spending. So there is a bigger push for staying on the status quo sometimes in, in the name of not wasting money or who knows, but uh, the next question for you, Ray, is, do you have any examples of situations where sales professionals might need to sell against the status quo? Yeah, I, you know, and I think you're right that this year, especially with budget scrutiny and you know, doing more with less and those types of themes, we may see that where, you know, a good example is that an organization may feel like they they want, a, they have a problem they need to solve. They're exploring it. Maybe they don't fully realize the budget implications or how much that's going to cost. And then when they really look at all of the implications, they're like, we can't afford that. We'll just keep things the way they are. So I think often it's when they're exploring those new opportunities, 
or if we're coming in and we're advising them and suggesting that they go down a path, if we haven't done a good enough job establishing why it's important to solve that problem, then at the end of the day, they may say, well, that's not budgeted. You know, that's not worth doing. We're going to keep things the way that they are. So I think those are examples where, you know, maybe they're exploring an area, but they don't really have their arms around it yet. And they haven't built a strong enough business case to really move forward with solving that problem. Yeah. And, you know, one idea we wanted to discuss around this topic is the concept of the cost of inaction. How do you typically introduce or explain this idea when talking to a potential customer? Yeah, I think that's such an important concept to think about the COI, right? Cost of inaction, which is different than the return on the investment. But in other words, what is the cost of doing nothing? And often clients haven't really, customers haven't considered that, that if they keep things the way they are, what is that costing them? So yes, it may cost an investment to fix that problem, but do they really know month over month what that problem is costing the organization currently? And are they okay with that? So here's an example. If we were thinking about, you know, maybe they have a problem with onboarding and ramping their team up quickly enough, and they know that it takes longer and it's not as effective as they would really like, but you know, they've been living with it, but have they really broken that down to say, well, what is that costing in terms of pro productivity costs, in terms of if somebody washes out and they have to rehire that individual, if they're say on a sales team, the cost of not having that person getting towards their quota or contributing to the sales number, you start to add those numbers up and there's a very significant cost to not fixing that problem that they may not have considered before. So we really need to break that down and start looking at what does that mean if they stick with the status quo, even though they've been living with it, but it could be a, a quite a significant loss that they're currently experiencing that they just haven't fully appreciated. So it's like, we're going to walk them through this idea of the cost of inaction, help them calculate to get to some metric that makes sense to them and is relevant for the sales conversation. Have you come across any objections that sales professionals might encounter when trying to sell against the status quo? Well, I think it, it often comes up, we get the objection about whatever it is that we're proposing because they're like, oh, maybe the problem isn't that big. You know, we can probably live with it. It's really not worth that investment. And so I think we need to respond to that by asking them to help, hey, can we help quantify that? You know, how often does that happen? How significant is that when it happens? And then thinking about the time frame that's involved. So if we start breaking down, oh, the loss of sales, the hiring costs, the productivity, maybe it's customer churn, right? How often does that happen? What does it cost to retain a customer or to get a new customer? So we start really diving down into those impact categories and we can quantify and project that over a period of time and say, well, you know what? That cost of inaction is actually very significant. Here's how that breaks down. So I think that's how you respond to that objection. Another thing I wanted to bring up since you, you mentioned it earlier, last week, the idea of case studies, right? We're talking about case studies. What role do case studies play in demonstrating the value of the solution and selling against the status quo? Well, I think case studies, I mean, that's your proof point, right? We want, it's not just our assertion. It's not just, you know, we're making a claim, but we're showing it through stories and examples to say, well, let me share with you how we helped another organization with a similar problem. And that's why I think we need to have a live at the ready, right? To say, oh, well, given your industry and this situation, here's the return that another organization got or the value they received and the savings that they were able to realize over a period of time by implementing whatever that solution is. 
So I think that speaks much, much better to being able to fix the problem than just a theoretical or hypothetical business case even, but saying, no, let me share with you the return that a peer of yours or a similar organization got when they implemented this solution. Yeah. So it seems like there's like two tools that I heard so far from you. Two, the sales professionals should consider when selling against the status quo. One is to leverage data, which is the idea of calculating what is the cost of inaction and using that data to make your point. And the other one is case studies to show how others have maybe experienced similar issues and how we were able, or the salesperson and their solution was able to address them. Is there anything else that you would add to that? You know, I think anytime we can provide them that reference even, and I think that just makes it that much more tangible and, you know, frankly, a little bit more confidence behind it. If you say, you know, happy to get you in touch with that individual and they can share with you how we help them if you have those examples, but being able to make it very practical and very relevant to their situation. Now, other than the obvious benefit of, you know, selling against the status quo, one of the obvious benefits is increasing your win rates, but are there any other potential benefits that you would see coming for both the customer and sales professional from knowing exactly how to bring this into action? Well, I think improving win rates and the other way of looking at that is just improving your sales motion, right? Improving your efficiency so that you're not spending 40% of your time chasing deals that maybe aren't going to go anywhere. And so we want to reduce that number either by helping the customer move forward or frankly, by disqualifying qualifying those opportunities earlier and moving on to something else. And I heard really early in my career, somebody shared this, said, you know, getting bad news is actually good news, right? So, so we would rather learn early on that there just isn't a compelling case to move forward. There isn't the appetite or urgency to do that. So we should probably go chase a different deal instead of trying to convince the customer. Cause at the end of the day, if they don't appreciate the problem, uh, we're never going to be able to get them to say yes, or to be able to fund that initiative. So yeah, I think we want to get those other deals out of the pipeline and focus on those things that we can help them quantify and create urgency and a compelling reason to move forward. Yeah. Now, as we get close here to, to these to the end of this topic is, you know, let's wrap up with it. Like, why is it important for sales prof professionals to be willing to sell against the status quo? Cause you know, some of them, you know, they're just going to keep doing things as they are, but why is it important that they also change their own status quo of not doing that? Yeah. I mean, I think it just really boils down to working with our customer to understand where they are in the buying journey, aligning with them. And then it goes back to foundational selling skills of can we help move them through the buying process or realizing that they're not there yet? And so maybe we should put that on hold for six months and check back in after they've had a chance to fully appreciate that. Or maybe we can work with them and get their permission to create the business case or the cost of inaction and work with them to create that compelling reason to move forward. But if we can't do that, then again, I think we should, we're probably better off chasing other deals in our pipeline or going out and prospecting and finding other opportunities that are more likely to move forward. Yeah. What are some of the most important skills that sales professionals should master or should know very well to be able to execute this idea of selling against the status quo or helping potential buyers make that hurdle? Yeah. I mean, I think this really goes back to foundational selling skills of really understanding our customer, doing our discovery and developing their needs. So we understand what the problem is and why it's important to solve that problem. And, you know, we always like to have a checkpoint to say, is this a problem we're solving, 
right? Is there enough sponsorship and awareness of this problem? Who owns the problem and who is going to benefit from solving it? And if we can't answer those questions, yeah, we may have somebody who's really excited about it, but they don't have the authority to really make the decision. So I think it does go back to good discovery and good qualification skills to say, is this an opportunity that has the sponsorship, the budget, you know, the authority timing, et cetera, to move it forward. And, you know, those skills are a lot of different ways that you can train those skills. But I think the goal and one of the things we do in our programs is let's understand what those skills are. Let's put them into place and practice them in the flow of work. So let's apply those to real life situations. Let's get feedback and have coaching around what's working and what isn't. And is that actually helping us advance or, you know, understand those opportunities better? As, as we get to this last question, if a sales leader is looking to improve their sales team performance to, to make a dent in these 40% of deals with no decision. What's your recommendation? What's the best way to, to give these salespeople the necessary skills and confidence to effectively sell against the status quo? Yeah. And you know, there are lots of different methodologies, different sales processes that organizations use, but in our view, it really comes back to practicing and reinforcing those foundational skills. So I think thinking about, as we said, you know, from our initial call plan, what are we trying to accomplish? What questions are we going to ask? How are we going to go through that qualification? Once we understand the opportunity, how are we helping them quantify either the business case or the cost of inaction? And those are skills that we should be training on. We should be reinforcing and we should be coaching as part of any, you know, sales enablement and training strategy. And I think that's really what it boils down to is let's shine a spotlight on those. Let's make them very visible and apparent and make sure everybody understands the benefit of doing this, you know, the what's in it for them and why they should practice it, practice and execute on those skills. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ray. The market is changing, making sales skills more important than ever before. How to transform your team into big performers? If you want the answer, plus free resources for podcast listeners, visit salesreadinessgroup.com slash podcast. <laughs>